Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Making Marigold Beaders of Bulawayo is, uh, is the name of the book that has just been written by or co-authored by artist Joni Brenner. It tells about a cooperative specializing in loomed beadwork based at Pilindaba, Bulawayo in Zimbabwe. Established in 92 with about 20 women, its fortunes mirrored Zimbabwe's waning economy, almost collapsing in 2008. Fast forward to 2011, when Zimbabwean-born, highly acclaimed Joburg-based artist Joni Brenner discovered the artwork, draped it around her neck, and attended an art fair. Joni Brenner joins me now to tell me the rest of the story. Joni, welcome and thank you so much for coming in. Thanks very much for having me. Joni, how did you discover? Well, firstly, you are Zimbabwean, so I imagine anything that comes from there touches a chord within you. Mm, mm. Um, it does, and in fact, working again with um, with the beaders at Marigold has meant that I've had a lot more to do with Bulawayo, which is where I was born and grew up, but which is also where I haven't lived for many, many years. Does it evoke so, a sense of nostalgia? And Well, I mean, in a way, it's been a really wonderful way to go back to um, work there in, in a way that, you know, I couldn't have imagined as a little girl growing up um, in what was Rhodesia and then Zimbabwe, but I haven't lived there since the mid-80s. So, in fact, it's been really wonderful to go back Tell to me, a different, to a different, different um, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe yeah. And of course now yeah. it's even more new, well, hopefully. We hope. A new, <laughs> more new Zimbabwe. Yes. <laughs> um, Joni, tell me the story of how you came across the beads. The beads were, I mean, the beads are made on a loom and it is a, a practice that's, that this particular group of women and I think others in Zimbabwe have been making for many years. Um, and I had seen a sample strip of, of this beadwork that in fact was made, um, for my mother with some eye towards how she might use it in some of her own work. And, um, I looked at it and, you know, we had some discussion about what she might or might not do with it. But it was such a, a sumptuous, beautiful, long, thin strip of, of this very tactile beadwork and I, I did drape it around my neck <laughs> and I did imagine that it would be very beautiful if it could be joined and um, and I just inquired if it could be joined and, and then I said well if it could be joined it would be really nice, maybe I could have three and they could be at slightly different lengths and uh, I'd love that and I think it was even a couple of months later that uh, word came back that yes it was possible to join and here were your three so I was very pleased and paid for them and said thank you. And in in every way, that was for me the end of the story, not really the beginning. But it was at the time of the Johannesburg Art Fair in 2011. And and I was showing at, at the fair and I was there every day. And And it was actually an extraordinary, it was an extraordinary experience because... I wore these necklaces every day. I was still at that point a little bit uncertain about <laughs> whether they were or weren't really all that beautiful. Um, but I did like wearing them and I did wear them. And every day at the fair, I mean, it was a very particular kind of audience. But, um, you know, it's an audience that really is prone, I think, to noticing and and looking at material things. But um, it was remarkable how many people approached me 
to touch them, look at them, try them on, take them off my neck, ask about them, inquire as to who made them, how long it took, where they could get them, this barrage of questions. And, and actually I realized I didn't really know how to answer them. What happened? But I, but I then did, I then did <laughs> what find happened out. Next? What happened next? <laughs> I did find out and um, I started asking a lot of questions and I ordered a few more necklaces. And, and I mean, in fact, the story sort of it did emerge quite, quite slowly, but also consistently. And the more I asked for the necklaces, the more beaders this um, beadwork cooperative took on. And in fact, the growth of this cooperative, which was once actually very bustling and, and big and, and well-known and, and busy, when I met them, in fact, had, had really reached quite a low point in their history. And and as I asked for more necklaces, they were and they have been able to really grow that that cooperative back into what it is currently, which is which is um, sixteen permanent beaders and three temporary beaders. So it's like really grown back to what it was in the early nineties when they started. Johnny, there's within the realm of art history, maybe a tension between. Um, traditional work and the concept of art mm-hmm. and do you think now is the time where that kind of thing is being given the recognition it needs and that's the impetus or do you think there's something else well I mean I think it's a really interesting question because for me I suppose what I really noticed in working with this with this project which I mean as you can hear was really accidental and kind of uh, um, ad hoc in a way but but what I what I recognized from from quite early on was that the way in which this project unfolded mirrored <clears throat> and matches in so many ways my own practice in my studio which really is around um doing the same thing over and over again looking carefully and closely, noticing the differences, not only the similarities, and where things can go through that process of careful looking and making small adjustments. So in my own work with portraits and with skulls and in in many other ways in which I work, I, I have been, I suppose, able to continue working in my own practice because of that approach. And I recognized it's absolutely what underpins this project. So in a roundabout way to answer your question, I think that um, the the sort of separation between what is craft work and what is artwork mm. is, I mean, in a way it f- starts to fall away when the the practices have got, I suppose, an integrity and a commitment to continuity and are in and and are informed by this very close attention that is paid to what has been made and to what could still be made. So, I mean, in a way, I think, I think one of the strengths of this of the speedwork project is that we haven't because we are we are both working in this way. So, me and what I bring to this community and my engagement with them, we're both working without paying too much attention to trend or market or or, or fashion. So it really is that the beaders and I are completely immersed in a creative process. And I I do think that, yeah, maybe it does start to blur the the distinctions between how one labels something. Joanna, we're going to take a short break. But after the break, you mentioned continuity. And we can maybe look a little bit at the way forward with regards to the project. Good. 
Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I am talking to Joni Brenner, who is a, a highly acclaimed artist and also the co-author of a very beautiful book, Making Marigold, Beaders of Bulawayo. Um, Joni, we were talking earlier about the fact that this was a cooperative that started in 1992. Cooperatives, uh, uh, and you're also talking mm. about continuity. Mm. The fact that the same cooperative has mm. been working throughout Mm. With highs and lows. I mean, I understand there are three women that started and are still continuing the operative. What is the role of something like that in societies such mm. as ours, in, mm. especially at times of stress? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that uh, I think it's they play an enormously important role. And the I mean, the cooperative did start in 1992 and there were several beaders um, that were part of that cooperative. When I met them, there were three remaining beaders. But um, in fact, what has been really interesting is as they've grown the cooperative slowly over the past six years that I've been working with them, some of those same beaders that were in that early version of the co-op have rejoined and come back. So there are important sites of of interaction, of community, of um, spaces for creative work and, and actually importantly for generating work. And it is one of the things that, that the beaters remind me of or, or speak of, of very often is that, yes, the, this is a creative space and the work is deeply creative. And in fact, because it's long distance for me, I'm really reliant on, on them really taking on that role and managing the cooperative both from the production and the creative perspective to a large degree but that for them it has it is also work and it is also a very important priority for them to keep on creating opportunities for employment in the community so I think that um, and I suppose alongside that or attached to that they've also really placed a lot of importance on bringing in younger members of the community so that they can also ensure the continuity of this tradition and of this way of working. So it, there, there are sort of um, different strata in the in the workshop where, where some of the women are much older and have been there for longer and, and, and some are really young, straight out of school looking for work and, and I think it, it does create a very interesting dynamic to the project. I mean, it's a highly fashionable and kind of funky group of, of women on the one hand and more sort of maternal on the other. You've co-written this book. It's mm. extremely beautiful. It, it tells you. the story. It shows the beads, some of the work. Mm. Um, is there an international market now for this? Well, I hope so. I hope so. It's been There have been a lot of people involved in this project in so many ways, both from the making side so in in the studio in Bulawayo and and then here with a community of people who have been supporting the project but also in the making of the book a co-writer a most wonderful photographer Liz Witter and a fantastic book designer so they've been really um it has been a, a group project and and I suppose it it is a project that attracts recognition and it has attracted some international recognition. And in fact, um, we were invited to launch the book at the end of November at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New wow. York. And that, that really was, and that really came, 
I suppose through the director, Elisa Lagama, of the Department of the Arts of Africa, Oceania and the Americas, who has got many ties to Africa, is an African yes. historian and has been here on a number of occasions talking about her work and is a bead wearer. And, and <laughs> through and, and I suppose th- through wearing the beads and being gifted them, started collecting them, I came to know her. And when she was here early last year, she came to to see the beadwork and, and how it was doing and what new designs there were. And at that point, we were just starting to work on the book and and she invited us to to launch it there so i think that i think it is a product that has got quite a wide appeal and but it's also a small project you know, it's, so. Yes. so it's not yeah mm-hmm. johnny if anybody would like to be in touch with you regarding the Making Marigold mm. book or mm. learning more about the crafts, mm. how should they do so? We have got a, a website that's been newly upgraded and and there is a, a space there to, to contact me. So it's www.marigoldbeads.com. Well, Joni, thank you so much for coming in. And I thank wish you, you lots of luck with, Thanks very with, much. with the project sure. and, of course, with your own work. And perhaps one day you'll come in and talk about that. I'd love to. Thanks. That was Joni Brenner, who is an acclaimed artist and has brought out a very beautiful book, Making Marigold.